Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 208, How to Get Along Better with Your Own Parents with Georgia Anderson. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. I was a super easy kid, if I don't say so myself. (laughs) As a built-in perfectionist and people pleaser, I don't remember pushing back on my parents much at all from elementary and on, although my mom did say I had quite the sass as a preschooler and would talk back often, so there's that. But something weird happened as an adult. I almost went through my my rebellious years then. That's when I began to see things a little differently um, and had a lot more questions. I am pretty sure I've scared my parents way more the last 10 years than I did the first 20. And that actually has not been a bad thing. Our relationships have evolved into more of an adult-adult relationship, which has been equal parts loving and empowering. This shift in the parent-child relationship 
was something that my guest Georgia Anderson brought up in our first interview together. She said something that seemed a little radical at the time, but we're going to talk about more. And it was this, my job is done now as a parent. She was speaking about her own adult children and the transition they've had within their relationships from more of a parent-child relationship to an adult-adult relationship. And she explained it a little bit more in the episode we did before, but we're gonna talk about it more today. What this looks like is more of a symbiotic relationship. You move away from a caretaker role into more of an adult-adult friendship. And that does not mean that the love disappears, the advice disappears, and the support or the guidance or anything like that. But our relationships need to evolve. And this is a really good thing. So how can we better navigate these blossoming and ever-changing relationships as adults with our parents and vice versa? That is what Georgia is here to teach us more about today. Before we have Georgia introduce herself, let's hear from our sponsors. With About Progress third anniversary arriving in November, I am hosting my last and final workshop of the year and my first party ever. All on the same day, Saturday, November 16th in Salt Lake City, Utah. You can attend one or the other, or you can bundle both together with a discount. My workshop is Rediscover You. It will be a five-hour workshop where we help you uncover how the many forms of perfectionism have held you back from who you are and what you can do to progress to find yourself again. And this is for women only. That night from 7 to 9 p.m., we are going to party with fancy appetizers and unlimited mocktails, plus mingling with other progressors and some mini activities designed to help you get a jump start to make 2020 your best year yet. Another good news, men can come to the party. I have a discount code for you for $30 off that expires on October 15th. Use the code about progress for the workshop or the workshop party bundle. Um, If you can't come with a friend, I'll be your friend. Just come and help us celebrate three years of this amazing community and learn and party together. I'm going to tell you something I'm a little ashamed of. I did not document the first years of my marriage at all, and then barely at all the following five years. Why? Well, because I was doing my journaling with an all or nothing mindset. In fact, the reason why I didn't do the first few years is because I had it in my head that I had to document every single minute of our marriage in order to move forward, which meant I didn't do it for years. Promptly Journals, our sponsor of this month, helps you enjoy journaling again by providing doable ways to document the most important parts of your life so you don't do what I did and go years without doing so. Take the Love Story Journal, for example, which walks you through each stage of your dating, engagement, and then each year of marriage afterward with perfect prompts to help you take the guesswork and the all or nothing out of journaling. Promptly Journals has childhood history journals, travel journals, smaller grief-based journals for miscarriage and infertility, empty notebooks, and even a journaling app that sends you prompts each day where you can document within the app itself and print it off later so many different ways for you to actually journal and document your life again. You can get 20% off the journals or any products there with the code about progress this month only and another discount, which I'll have linked to you for the app. And afterward, if you are listening to this after October, you can get this 10% off discount with the same code about progress. So let's get away from the all or nothing thinking that is making you not document at all. 
go to promptlyjournals.com, choose the products that you want are, are right for you, or maybe you're thinking ahead for the holiday season and are getting some gifts. Use the code about progress to get 20% off. And I can't wait for you to enjoy journaling again. So I started Know How Mama about five years ago with the intention and the hope to create more joy in relationships and in people's lives, because our lives, our satisfaction in life, of course, is all based on the quality of our relationships. So I wanted to create less loneliness and more joy within relationships. And I wanted to do that by bringing research-driven material to families and individuals that would make their lives happier. That's really what it is in a nutshell, what yeah. I do. So I, I do that through workshops and getaways and now online classes and um, coaching. So that's about what I'm doing. What I love learning from you is about these relationships in general, because you do talk about parenthood for sure, but you talk about other relationships within, within marriage and, and even in-law relationships. But one of the requests I've had over and over is, can you please have someone come and talk about how to get along with my own parents? And they're talking <laughs> about, these are adults, you know, yeah. asking for help, getting along with their, their own adult parents. And yeah. I could not think of anyone better than you to come on wow. and talk about Thank this. You. <laughs> so, I don't feel like I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a parent and I have adult children and I, I see some of the research and how it's affected my life and my relationships with them. So maybe we should have had my children on too. They're not here. So we'll do the best we can. I know that's one of the things if I were in your shoes, I'd be like, do I want my children to be on this show with me to talk about this? Um, but that's a good sign you would even volunteer that. Well, how about you tell us in your own experience and what you see with other people, what they go through as they move into adulthood, what kind of happens with the, their own relationships with their parents that they might not be expecting? Um, some barriers they might come across um, just in general, what comes up for okay. you? Well, the first thing I thought about when I thought about that question was that early adulthood is a lot like your third toddlerhood. <laughs> so as far as brain development, right? Oh, yeah, so okay. when, when you're two, you have this breaking away, this realizing that, oh, my body is not their body. I can say, no, I can run this way when they say go that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually a different person. And I can do things differently, right? So a toddler does that and they say no a lot and they, they, they seem really defiant when in reality what they're doing is becoming who they're, they're practicing becoming who they are as an individual. They're practicing individuation. Hmm. And the next time a human being does this is generally sometime in their teens. So they, they look at their parents and they're all of a sudden their brain's smart enough to go, you know, they say this, but then they do that. I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be different. I'm going to wear all black and spike my hair and I'm going to try something different, right? Yes. <laughs> they, they want to try something different from their parents. And we don't really think about young adulthood, but the same thing happens again, just at the end of the development of that prefrontal cortex. And again, we go through a differentiation process. So that's, the background of kind of what's happening when you separate from your parents for real, right? Mm -hmm. That's what happens in your twenties, your late, you know, mid to late twenties or whatever, whenever it is for a given child, but you're making the final kind of split 
from your parents that started when you were two and then it came up again in a big way when you were a teen sometime and then it's coming up for a kind of a last hurrah as you actually leave the nest. So just having that background, I think it helps us realize that there are going to be bumps in the road and there are going to be ways that you look at your parents that are kind of like, I can't believe they taught me that. I can't believe they didn't teach me that. I can't believe they thought this or that they thought this was right. And so knowing that's normal is a big deal. Yeah. I so relate to that transition without even knowing that's what was happening. Um, I've kind of talked about this with a friend the other day. I said, when I was a teenager, I don't think I gave my parents any trouble at all. Like I was a total black and white rule follower. And then uh-huh. as <laughs> in my twenties, that's when I think I freaked them out for a decade, you know, <laughs> and, and it helps me to see this was just part of development. This is just part of maturing and growing up, but how can we handle this? Whether we're in our twenties or thirties or forties right now, and now we're dealing with some of the fractures that have come up for us and how we relate with our parents or how we view them and and our own childhoods and all of that. How can we still try to relate to them in ways that are going to improve our relationships rather than make those fractures huge chasms? Right. Okay. Well, my thought, the first thought that comes to my mind there is what do you do? Okay. This has to go for the parent and the child, right? Because now you're both, you're both Mm grownups. So what do you do when a teenager or a toddler is trying to separate? What do you do with them when they're being defiant? That's helpful. Okay. And Um, do you want me to answer? (laughs) I was like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm kind of curious, you know, I mean, as a parent, you know, when I teach, yeah, when I teach parenting classes, one of the things, the first things I teach and coach parents in is, yes, connecting with their child and not taking on their, their problems. So the same could go for a young adult who's disconnecting from their parents or the parent who's disconnecting from their young adult. So empathy, I guess, is my first response to that. Yeah. Um, Okay. Empathy of, you know, separation is hard. It, mm-hmm. it, when a rocket separates and it's it, going up, there's a big explosion, right? When they, the stages come off, and they, there's, there's a fire, there's, a, there's, mm-hmm. it's tumultuous. Change can be, is always including a little bit of tumult. So recognizing that change is hard and that differentiation takes some pain possibly. Um, I think that's one of the first steps. So being empathetic toward both of you and your parent and realizing oh, yeah. that, yeah, realizing that maybe they had an expectation or something they thought was their family was going to look like. And maybe it's not, maybe you've made different choices or, or you're, you know, whatever it is, you don't live next door for some parents or you don't, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that, their their vision, their agenda maybe isn't quite what they expected it to be. So there's some pain there. And there maybe is pain in the young adult who also didn't, you know, maybe thought it would have the same agenda and things haven't turned out that way. So empathy, I think, is a huge first step. Yeah, I think that's part of the development process, right, is, is realizing, oh, they're human. Like my parents are human. They, they made mistakes and sometimes you can get angry about that or want to rebel against them. But this empathy piece makes it so you can value the human in them instead of 
judge them for it. Yes. And I like that you're yes. saying that both, both ways. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I really do think it goes both ways because I remember being in that stage of a young adult who'd moved away from home and starting to see the world in a much more expansive way than I had growing up, you know, kind of sheltered in my parents' home and starting to question so many things that they'd done and that, that, you know, the way they'd handled things, the way they believed, the way they, whatever it was, but just really going through this major expansion in my mind. But it also, if I wasn't careful, it made me critical of them. Yeah. And what, when I came through it eventually and got to be more differentiated and kind of got through that separation phase, I was able to regain more empathy for them that they were doing the very best they could. Okay. I love that. Especially the expansion piece there. I think that's the best way you can describe what that period feels like. Um, and the generosity that you're lending them to, you know, that they, they were allowed to make mistakes too. Um, what else were you going to say? I feel like you had, you had more beyond empathy. Um, well, I think it's also important to actually have some skill in the way you communicate with your adult, you know, you're an adult okay. and with your parents who are adults, because um, maybe parents, you know, there's all, kind, I mean, this is such a broad topic and it's so unique for every individual. Yeah. But I think that um, we need to be able to communicate with them about what we're going through a little bit and to do it with skill. So having skills about how not to have a conversation that might be painful and how to have a conversation. And that, you know, a lot of that is comes up in, you can read about it, you can read about it in the Gottman research, but avoiding communication blocks, you know, avoiding criticism, avoiding uh, stonewalling where you don't bring anything up and you don't talk about it, avoiding defensiveness. Well, I did that because, you know, um, Avoiding contempt. Well, I know better than you do. You know, you don't, you guys didn't know anything. All, all those feelings can creep into a parent-child relationship, just like they can into a couple's relationship. Yeah. And they don't, they don't, they don't move, they don't bring you to progress. They bring you to stuckness. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so <laughs> just some skills, just some basic understanding of the research and what works in a conversation. And then being willing to go out and try to have those conversations like. I know this is really hard to talk about and I may not do it very well, you know, but, and whatever the conversation is, you know, whether if it's, you're going to move away or you're, you want to parent your children differently than they say or whatever it is. Right. But starting off that conversation in a soft, gentle way, knowing and appreciating that they've done the best they could and that this may be painful for them learning to communicate in that way, I think is a big deal. Oh, brilliant. Uh, do you have an example of that? I mean, maybe within your own family or um, friends or even within your, you know, yourself and your own adult parents mm. of how that paid off to communicate from a place of empathy. So I think those two really go in hand in hand there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, okay. I'll, okay. I'll just bring up one that came up yesterday. This was from my stepdaughter who's an adult child and they all came, all the kids came over for dinner and I had spent a lot of time making a nice big meal 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And um, they all brought something to contribute, but it was kind of a last-minute thing. And um, she said, you know, I was talking with some people today, and we were saying what a stress Sunday dinner can be for the person who's putting it on, which is typically in our family, me, yeah, yep. <laughs> my husband. And she said, we, we kind of thought maybe it would like this one family had the idea of, they just don't do a big meal. They just have nachos every Sunday. Yeah. And, she, <laughs> and so she brought this up in a way that was compassionate and, you know, we didn't come to a conclusion, but she could have brought that up in a, in a much more critical way. Like we don't really like the big fuss over Sunday dinner, mm-hmm. you know, that, that might've just shut me down right away. Like, wow, I just did all this for, as a gift for you. And now you're saying that, but she brought it up in a compassionate way that was like, you know, it's a ton of work for you to do this when we come over. And it was just, and she kind of gently threw out some ideas and we didn't come to a conclusion. She didn't even know if she liked the idea, but it was a way of introducing a, a difficult topic. And that's not a super difficult topic. That's a very simple example, but you could, you know, any conversation could be started that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, a, oh, go ahead. I'm just said she started with a place of empathy, which was great. Well, I was going to say these small, these small moments are what add up to so many big emotions and connections and history. So I don't think that is a small thing. I think that really is representative of the relationship you are working on continuing to cultivate. And that's kind of the key I'm taking away from what you're saying, Georgia, is this isn't a one and done deal in terms of, um, however you had your relationship growing up as a child or as a teen it's permanent. Now that's a relationship you have forever. It's, it needs to continue to be um, nourished and evolve to expand just like you are expanding. Yes. And, and it's a really complex relationship because that person was so dependent on you for a long time. You were dependent on them if you're the child, right? So you were completely dependent on them for life. And yet you have to move to a place of common ground and mutual respect all of a sudden. You know, in in your last podcast, I remember spilling the beans and saying, I don't think you have to worry about your kids forever. And I don't think you're a parent forever. (laughs) Yes. I love, you know what? That's actually how I was going to introduce the the episode because (laughs) I mean, what you were saying is this, right? You evolve. You evolve. And that's where the reward comes in is when you truly evolve into an adult to an adult relationship. So that requires a lot of letting go of control on the parent's side. Okay. It, re- it requires a lot of empathy on the children's side. And 
the ability to be flexible and adjust to each other and take on different different roles than you had when you were a baby and a parent. Okay, so I'm gonna summarize these three um, things. I, I I I feel like these can be listed as three things. You know, empathy, communication skills, and finding. Um, man, I put like four maybe flexibility. Things. Yeah. I was going to say maybe flexibility is the word for this, but it goes with, you know, finding common ground, having mutual respect, letting go. It's just flexibility within your, your relationship roles. Do you feel like that is what is yeah. it? Okay. Um, I think so. Well, now let's try to see things. I think most of the people listening to this are going to be in, in my phase of life, you know, in their thirties and forties and, and trying to work on this side of their, their life. Um, from, for you, you, you have the, this other side of this relationship right now. So I thought it would be nice to hear from your point of view. If we put ourselves in our parents' shoes, what would they want from their adult children? What would they want them to know? What, how do they want them to engage with them? What would you say about all that? Yeah, I actually was out hiking this morning with a bunch of other empty nesters and I threw this one, I threw a question like this at them, like, oh, good. what yeah. do you want your relationship to look like? Okay. And I think our answers were pretty universal, like we kind of agreed on several things, but um, it was interesting what one dad brought up. He said, I want to feel like their love is not conditional. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to feel like they love me when they need money or they want to go on a trip or, you know, I don't want to feel like it's conditional love. Hmm. I thought that was amazing coming from a dad yeah. of grown children. Um, so just like our children want to be loved unconditionally, parents want to be loved <laughs> unconditionally. Yeah. Um, I thought that was amazing that he noticed that. And so that kind of goes to that independence and that dependence and whether you've really truly broken free of your children and, or if you've kept them, you know, if you've wanted to stay in that position of authority and control and you're the one giving thing and they're receiving it, if that continues into adulthood, it's really hard not to have that love feel conditional. So some of it's the parent's job. Okay. So let's, let's clarify this a little bit. You're saying, part of why you are evolving in your relationship as an, a, as a parent to adult children is that you are breaking free from the old dynamic of them being dependent on you. And when mm -hmm. you do that, you free them to grow up yes. in ways that they need and the ways that your relationships need. So like you're saying, they, it's not a conditional relationship. It's like a choice right. for both parties to really work on that and continue to grow it. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And every family does it so differently. Like mm -hmm. I, I kind of, I'm a real fan of independence, maybe to a fault, but I was grown up, you know, I was raised to be independent and, and I love feeling independent, interdependent as well, but that has to follow independence first. Right. Ooh, so, yeah. um, so for instance, just as an example, and this is not to say that every family should do it this way, but when my children were nearing college age from, you know, junior high on, I was told them, you know, in our family, I expect you to pay for your college and I will pay for your housing the first year. And then every year after that, it's going to go down by 
5%. So by the year last year in college, you're going to be paying your own way. And you just need to know that now. And education is really important to me. And I'll do everything I can to help you earn a scholarship or earn the money or whatever you want to do. And I'm not saying that's the right way or the wrong way. I'm just saying that they knew early on that that independence was coming. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, it worked out really well because just, you know, financially, that was a symbol of you're on your own after a certain point. I'll help you get the wheels off the ground and you're going to take flight by the time you're, you know, 21 or 22, you're going to take flight. So it's helping us being clear about some expectations. Um, You know, are the parents always going to plan the family vacations and the family trips or are you going to do family trips or are, Mm -hmm. is your family going to be a separate family that does their own family trips? All of that stuff kind of has to be renegotiated and figured out as you grow up. So I just think that independence is, it's a baby stepping thing, but it also has to have a lot of clarity. And the parents want the children, for the most part, if they're healthy, I think they want their children to be independent, but we can enslave our children by not being clear about the independence we hope for them to have. Okay. So that's Um, an interesting tangle, right? Um, our, Our parents want us to know that they would like to be loved unconditionally and they also mm-hmm. want you to be independent. Um, what else yes. have they said? Or that you have thought uh, well, of too? Something that I thought of that I wrote down immediately or thought of immediately was that I want to be their friend. I want to have mm. fun with them. Yes. Because I want to have friendship with them. I want us both to contribute like a friend does, like to have a contributing relationship from both sides that I won't be expected to provide for them the fun or the relationship or the sharing or whatever in that relationship. It's a two-way street by the time they're adults. Mm -hmm. And I think that messes with a lot of adult parent-child relationships, that the children still have a view of their parents as the giver and the, the person who's in charge and all of that and it, and it, some of that might be the fault of the parents for not letting go, right? Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes the children can help with that by saying, you know what, we'd like to pay for ourselves, or we'd like to plan the next trip, or we'd like to invite you guys over, or whatever it is. They, if they start acting like adults and treating their parents as a friend, then the relationship can become more friendly. Well, okay. I like that because that gives us something on our end that we can do and step up. I mean, just like your stepdaughter did volunteering some ways to help lessen the burdens that you've been taking on. Right. Okay. Anything else to add to that? What, what our parents would Uh, like us to know? Yeah, I think, I don't know how to put this into a sentence so much, but I want there to be trust. I think we want to feel trusted. And I know that a lot of that's our job as parents to be trustworthy and not to be controlling and not to have an agenda, but we want to be trusted. In other words, if you want to, to really feel, help the parent feel respected and honored, ask their advice about something. Hmm. Um, you know, during that separation phase, it's really easy to want to push them aside and say, I don't need you, which is partly healthy, but it's really nice once in a while to reach out to them and say, you know, I'd like to know your thoughts on whatever, you know, saving for retirement or how to clean my house or whatever it is. You know, um, so often now I feel like, especially the millennial generation has grown up with the parent of Google. 
They don't mm-hmm. go to their parents. They go to Google. Totally. And that's kind of, kind of a lonely feeling for mm-hmm. a parent who's raised and sacrificed this whole 20 years or whatever to raise a child. Then all of a sudden, anytime they have a question or, an, or a thought, they go to Google. Okay. It would be, it's really, really nice to know that your kids value your ideas and your experience. Okay. Trusted and valued. And I think that just speaks to what you've talked about, this evolution of this relationship, just how much um, more interdependent it can be once it, you know, the independence is there. And that's two-way support that we can have for each other. And it it sounds so, um, beautiful and rewarding and something that I want to continue to work towards. And I hope our listeners do too. So from you, from a standpoint of being um, in, in the shoes I'm in right now and being in the shoes you are in right now, why is it worth putting in all this work? What can we oh look forward gosh. to? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the only thing I can say about this is, do you remember if you're a parent, do you remember the day your baby first smiled at you? Yeah. Or the first step your baby took. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what that felt like in your heart, like inside? Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All I can say about becoming an individuated adult and being friends and being trusted and having a, a, a really good interpersonal relationship with your adult children, it's like that times a million. (laughs) Really? Not only are they taking a step or smiling at you, they are, they're blossoming in their own right. They're, they're leaving the nest and flying. And I can't even describe the joy. I mean, the word joy was created for that feeling. It was, it was honestly in my heart created for that feeling because it's what something that you have sacrificed so much for you've given so much effort and thought and energy to as you know giving up your body to give birth giving up your time if you adopted you know making the effort to bring this child into your life and give life to them and give love to them and support and then seeing them take that that you gave and move forward and flourish in their life and then have be able to share in that with them not anymore providing it for them but watching them function as a flourishing adult. Honestly, that is what the word joy was written for. I swear. Oh, Georgia, you've just given me so much to look forward to. I mean, because I think I'm already mourning the end of my children's childhood, even though we're right in the middle of it. So that's Uh helping me see there's, there's so much to come, um, for both sides of this equation. And it's also giving me a target to reach for within my own relationships. That was so amazing. Now, now Georgia, I know that most people do know you from a relationship um, standpoint of, of, of really wanting, I love what you said at the beginning, less loneliness, more joy within relationships. And I know you have some things coming up that I was hoping I could give you a moment to talk about for people who are interested in having more joy within their marriage um, relationships. So how about you tell us what's coming up? Okay. Well, as if you know me, you know, I love to adventure and we're starting to turn our marriage courses into adventures, even though we'll do some in in Utah still. (laughs) um, We have a a Caribbean cruise coming up uh, over Valentine's Day. It's a week long Caribbean cruise where we will teach the Gottman seven principles on our days at sea. And then you will go to really amazing ports and enjoy yourself 
on the other days and get to practice everything we've talked about, which so I'm so, so excited fun. about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can go to my website for that. And also we're doing our, we always do a retreat down at Bryce Canyon in the winter and we're doing the seven principles down there. And I also have my online emotion coaching classes. And so you can hop on my website or Instagram and see what's coming up. I've always loved to see people come to those things. Definitely. I, George, I've learned so much from you and I just really value the time that you've taken to be here and how you prepare to help serve our community that we've got here. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being on the show again. Thank you so much, Monica. I love your work as well. I am so glad you listened to get the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow. Let's take your learning to the next level. Print off this month's progress plan that is free by going to my website aboutprogress.com slash free. Also join our free and private Facebook group called A Work in Progress via the link in my show notes, which you can also find on my website aboutprogress.com. And best of all, be heard on this show. Be featured on the last episode of each month that is called Dear Progressor, where our listeners really, really shine. To learn how to do this, go to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. You do have something of great value to share with this community, and we all need to hear you. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.